Can I tell y'all something just while you find your place? There's, there's a lot of ruckus and a lot of roar in today's society about how God is nothing but love and uh, God don't, there's no way God could send anybody to hell. And uh, I say amen to that. God ain't never sent nobody to hell. Uh, you realize that, that men and women and boys and girls who die lost and go to hell, they do so on their own free will. God has never one time laid anybody out over hell and dropped them. Uh, if you go to hell, you'll walk on your own two legs into a place that burns forever and ever where the Bible said the worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. And I really believe this morning that God's got something on His mind. And uh, I, I say that because, again, I had no absolutely no intentions on this. Matter of fact, I hadn't even thought this way. I, I've thought, I've been working on several messages the last couple of days, and I thought maybe if God led me out of Galatians, I'd go to one of them uh, and, and, and just preach what, what He's given me thus far. Ain't none of them done, but... Uh, I'm telling you, I really believe God wants to talk to us this morning on the subject of hell. Yeah. And uh, hell's something that ought to be preached about. Uh, you've heard this statement your whole life, but I really I want you to understand it's it's true this morning, uh, my friend, that Jesus preached more on hell than he did anything. I, I need a little. Are y'all gonna help me today? Uh, Jesus preached on hell more than he did any subject in the Bible. Because of of this, hell is a real place. I I know I'm sounding like I'm running in circles this morning, but you would not believe the people that have a thought or an imagination of hell in their mind, but it's really not real to them. I've come to tell you this morning, whether you think it is or not, hell is real. Beneath our feet this morning, there are souls in that place called hell. Uh, Matter of fact, I I believe I've got family in hell this morning. I believe you've got family in hell this morning. Uh, I believe there's been friends of mine throughout the years and they are in hell this very moment, this morning. I believe some of y'all have friends that are in hell this morning. Uh, the Bible lets you know when you die, you, you don't go out into some spirit world. I'm going to say a few things that may sound silly to Bible believers, but you'd be amazed what this generation has heard and what this generation has been taught. You don't turn into a tree when you die. You don't get to come back in some kind of animal life. Uh, you, you don't get to wander around and haunt people. Can I get a witness? This morning, I mean, I need y'all to really, you, you say it's been a little tight, this is why. Because there's souls that's in the balance of heaven or hell this morning. There's children that if they don't get saved by the good grace of God, they're going to die without God and they're going to go to hell one of these days. But if I can do anything to stop it, you better believe I'm going to do with the best I know how uh, to warn our churches and to warn this generation that hell is still burning hot right now. And beneath our feet are the cries uh, of the damned in the charred walls uh, of a place where the worm dieth not, the fire's not quenched, uh, where there's weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. Uh, it's a bottomless pit. It's a place of outer darkness. Uh, I'm telling you, hell's a real place this morning. It's a real place. I love preaching on heaven. That's my home. 
How many of y'all get away and go go visit family maybe for a week or two or after family year or something or you're on vacation? I mean, there's, there's a thousand different ways sometimes I get to miss at home. How do you miss heaven? You ain't never been there. No, but the one who birthed life in me created it. And the one who lives in me lives there. And so I'm longing for home. Amen. You'll get to talking about home when you get homesick. And I really wish I could get to talking about home this morning. I, I'm a little homesick. Does anybody here? I need y'all saved today. Y'all come to have church. Then I'm going to need a little help participation. I'm going to say this. I would not be the one to sit there on my blessed assurance. That I'd be, I'd, you better make the preacher. You better help. You better make the word of God. I'd, I'd make sure if there's a sinner in here this morning that was lost that they knew, which Without a shadow of a doubt, I wasn't one of them. I'd help the preacher this morning because I'm preaching on a subject that may, just maybe, will be the very day one of your youngins gets pulled out of hell. Amen. I'm telling you, I, 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 I'm praying for my son. He needs saved, friend. I don't know that he has a clear understanding or not. Uh, I don't believe he does, but here's what I know. He can get one today if that's, if that's what the, God, the Holy Ghost wants to do. He's been asking a lot of questions. He come up to me just the other night. I was sitting in the chair watching TV, minding my own business. He said, Dad, i got a question. I said, all right, son, what is it? He said, how is it that people burn forever in hell and they never burn up? That's out of a six or five, how old is he? Five-year-old. I said, what? why you ask me that? He said, well, I was just thinking if people die and go to hell, and right now I'm afraid if I die, that's where I go. He said, how, how am I going to burn and never burn up? I said, well, it's like this, son. I said, hell's an eternal place, and hell was created by God, but it was not created for you. It was created by God for the devil and his angels when they uh, sinned and they fell up from heaven. God created. And this is what he said. He said, well, it makes sense. He said, it, it, it ain't possible no other way. He he said, but if God made hell, I guess with God all things are possible. That's a pretty good answer. I said, that's how you can burn forever because God said you're going to burn forever if you die without God and go to a place called hell. Now here's what I know this morning. I'm going to preach best I know how because it could be mine this morning he'd say. It could be yours this morning he'd say. It could be your neighbor that you think's on their way to heaven right now and they ain't. Can I get a little help this morning? How many people have we seen saved that we'd all bet our last $20 on that they saved, but come to find out that all they had was religion? I'm not in the business of every time somebody gets in a rough spot and they're saved, trying to get them re-saved. That ain't what we do around here. But I am in the business of minding the Holy Ghost. And when He tells me to preach on hell, I'm going to preach on hell. When He tells me to preach on heaven, I'm going to preach on heaven. If He tells me... To preach against liquor, I'm gonna preach on liquor. If he tells me to preach, just preach a psalm and rejoice, we're gonna preach a psalm and rejoice. But this morning, the Holy Ghost, I really believe, is on the hunt to keep somebody out of hell. And I I I I want you to look with me this morning in Psalm 55. Let's look in verse 12. This is exactly where I preach, same text I preached from earlier in the year. The Bible said in verse number 12 of Psalm 55, for uh, it was not an enemy that reproached me. Then I could have borne it, neither was it he that hateth, uh, neither was it he that hateth me that did magnify himself against me. Then I would have hid myself from him. But it was thou, 
A man, mine equal, my guide, and mine acquaintance. Now notice what David's saying here. He says, we took sweet counsel together. We walked unto the house of God in company. Let death seize upon them and let them go down quick into hell. For wickedness is in their dwellings and among them. As for me, I will call upon God. Preacher, what do I got to do to be saved? You need to read verse 16. <laughs> it's really that easy. I'm glad he made it that easy, friend, because we'd all be in hell if he wouldn't have. Verse 16, as for me, I will call upon God and the Lord shall save me. I just want to preach on that one word this morning. I want to preach on hell. Let's pray. Father, we love you and Lord, we thank you. And God, I don't want to beat a dead horse. I don't want to sound like a, a repeated sermon. But God, I know what you just spoke to my heart sitting in that chair a few moments ago. And Lord, this is all your business. God, I didn't come in prepared for this. I didn't come in praying about this. But God, I do believe and mind in the voice of God. And so Lord, this is where you've put us. And God, I trust you. And Lord, I ask you, God, to help me now to preach with power and Holy Ghost. Uh, Lord, in, in the power and the demonstration of the Holy Ghost. And God, to be able to say what you'd have me say. And do what you'd have me do. And preach how you'd have me preach. Oh God, even now, I pray for that one that's not sure. Uh, God, not 100% sure. Lord that uh, Lord they'd go to heaven maybe there's some here this morning that's 100% sure they'd go to hell when they died God I don't know but you do and so Lord please preach to us this morning and preach through us and God help us Lord uh, Lord to do what you've called us to do the way you'd have us do us and we thank you for all that you do in this place in Jesus name and for his lovely sake and all the Lord's people said Amen and amen. You uh, do not have to be a Bible scholar to know that the psalmist David is the one writing here and he has made a reference uh, uh, to a man by the name of Ahithophel. Now if you go through the life of David, you'll find that David was a mighty man. Uh, David had friends everywhere, but in reality David only had a few friends. Can I get an amen right there? I mean everybody claimed to be his friend. How many of y'all's got a thousand and five friends, but you've only got five friends? Can I get a little help? I mean, friends are hard to come by. Uh, people you trust, I could put them in my front pocket. I, I'm very weary. You don't think. You say, I can't believe you. Trade spots with me for eight years. You don't trust people either. I mean, I'm very weary. I, I have a hard time trusting people. I have a hard time believing people. I have a hard time uh, putting my confidence in people because people have let me down. People have let you down. People have turned on me. How many of y'all have been hurt by somebody you never thought would hurt you? You would have took it to your grave. You would have bet your last heartbeat. You would have offered your last breath that they would not turn on you, but they did. That's exactly what David's referring to here when he's talking about this man Ahithophel. The Bible lets us know all throughout the Old Testament that Ahithophel was his most guided 
most guideful, most trusted, most sincere friend and counselor in his life. But you know what David found out? Not everybody that looks the part is the part. Not everybody that says they are is what they say they are. Not everybody who, like the Bible said, David said in verse 14, we took sweet counsel together. We walked into the house of God in company. Uh, but then he goes on to say, but let death seize them. Uh, men like Ahithophel, who turned out to be snakes, uh, who turned out to look uh, to be something different than they looked like they were. Uh, my friend, uh, uh, David knew what it was like to be fooled by mankind. Can I say this this morning? I really believe we're going to be shocked when we get to heaven and we see who all made it. I really believe we are. You're going to say, dear God, I sure enough didn't think you was coming, Susie. You was made in the devil. I didn't think you'd be here. But then you're going to look around for the other uh, sister so-and-so I ain't gonna find her. She's done been religious her whole life and died without God and went to hell. I mean, I think we're gonna be shocked on both sides of the spectrum. But can I say this this morning? I can't really take my time to worry about you, and I can't really, you can't really afford to take your time to worry about me. But at the end of the day, we all must have a time and a place where the Lord. Lord Jesus Christ uh, got real to us. Uh, I want to ask you this morning right in the introduction, can you take me to the place uh, that you knelt down under Holy Ghost conviction uh, and the Lord Jesus Christ moved in and hell and self moved out. Uh, the burden and the weight of being a sinner uh, was lifted from you uh, and all the peace of God resided. I mean, do you have a day that you know you got saved? Amen. And don't matter a day where you filled out a card. I'm so glad y'all ain't going to hear this many churches. Now, I wouldn't have been mad if we had any saved at Bible school, but I'm so glad that we went out of this thing. Nobody made a profession and we ain't got to worry about it. Does that make sense? Here's what I mean. You know how many people are going to go to hell off because of the VBS? Yeah, well, yes, preacher. Right. Well, some knucklehead preacher just wanted to write out numbers. He said, oh, how many of you kids want to go to heaven? All kids want to go to heaven. Yeah. How many of you kids know, sure, you're going to heaven? And then I'll look around their buddies, and if their buddies raise their hand, they do. If they don't, they don't. They, they said, they know you didn't raise your hand. Oh, there's more. Put your hand up so you're not. Here's what we need to do, kids. We're going to go to heaven and we'll repeat after me. I've been making some very controversial statements lately. And some of y'all have seen those. And here's why. Because we've got an entire world on their way to hell. And preachers are sitting behind computer screens for six and eight hours a day running other preachers down and the whole community is going to hell. And half the church is going to hell. And then you got the other side of the spectrum uh, that, that, that men, I, I, I made it very clear, I do not believe in emotionalism. You realize I know what songs to say and what how to do it and go about it and get your emotions tore up. Been doing it too long. I can do that. I can't believe you'd say that. So I'm just honest. I could. A couple 
line that God's been good in a sniffle. Half y'all's done in the altar crying and waving hanky. Yeah. If you're not careful, it's what your Christianity will become. Emotionalism. Yeah. I'm believing that. I don't believe in the ecumenicalism movement. The ecumenical movement. This everything goes. But I'm also not an easy believism. That means this. I do believe it's easy to get saved. But easy believism does away with Holy Ghost conviction. <clears throat> All these men that take 5,000 pictures and put them on social media, they walk up to a man in the airport, they confront him, it's already weird. Can I get a witness? Sir, do you know the Lord Jesus Christ is your Savior? Yes. Are you sure? Thank you. You don't say I'm so sure. Maybe I'm not. Yeah. Read this. You see, do you believe in the death, burial, and resurrection? Yes, sir, I do. Do you know if you die without believing that you go to hell? Yeah, I believe that. Then you need to you need to pray this prayer and ask God to save you. Will you do that, sir? Well, they're going to do it. Just get them out of their face. Bow your head and why the good Dr. Leverin's over here praying, they're not even praying. They're thinking, I wish this guy would go on. And then when they get done, they say, sir, did you pray that prayer? Yes, I did. Well, let's get a selfie. That's easy believism. Okay? That man is not more, a bit more convicted of being a sinner than he was before he ran into the, to the, the hyper soul winner. I'm talking about there's a balance. You can't go so far to that side, but you can't go too far to that. There's a middle road. Yes, sir. Uh, it's my job to present the gospel, to preach the death, burial, and resurrection, to preach on heaven, to preach on hell, but I can't save you. Amen. You can't pray my prayer and get in. Yes, sir. Amen. I need some help. I cannot walk you down a Romans road and just you just repeat something and you go to heaven. I can't do that. I can't do that. I'm not against showing somebody if they have something, they have a question, they need something that I I'm not against that. But I'm not going to play Holy Ghost. Okay? So I'm just setting that straight because thank God we didn't have 45 kids up here making false professions. Amen. Amen. I love to see 45 saved, but in reality, they, they probably never going to be 45, really all 45 get it. Yeah. Now, we might as well admit that as a yeah. church, especially in these last days. So I'm preaching on hell for one reason. Because number one, God told me to. Number two, it's going to take the Holy Ghost to show you your loss. That's Amen. And if I can preach on hell and you sit there and you have a day and you have a time and you have a place that somebody didn't talk you in or repeat you in or coach you in or fill you in or give you a card or a t-shirt, but if you really have, let go with me now. Go with me to your place. Before we go any further, you need to go with me to your place. You may not know the date. But if you've got really got saved, you remember getting saved. Amen. I believe I can prove that a hundred different ways. I can't talk you in or out. I can't save you or condemn you. But if you are really saved, you had a place. You know where that place is. Where the Lord Jesus Christ saved your soul. And you know that you were saved that day. If you're sitting here trying to figure out where that place is or when that was, you're in bad shape. Amen. 
You with me? How are you going to take a great big God that created the whole world moving in you and you don't know nothing about it? Yeah. You're going to do it. You may not know who the preacher was. You may not know what color shirt you had on. You may not remember your prayer. Don't know that matter. Do you remember the day that the Holy Ghost convicted you? What is conviction? It's a realization that you're a convict. Yeah. Are you with me to your place? I can't hardly go back to my place without getting real happy. Some of y'all look awful mad about your place. Yeah. I can't hardly go back to my place without something stirring up in me. Because I know where I was. Yeah. And I know what happened that night. Yes, a cold January night, January the 7th, 2000. January the 9th, 2000. I knelt down as a seven-year-old boy yeah. on the side of the road in Emlyn, Kentucky in a little coal yard. And I got down, and I, I don't remember what all I prayed. I don't have a clue what I was wearing. Only thing I remember is leaving church lost and knowing just any second I'm fixing to die in this car and go to hell. Yeah. And I couldn't take it no more. And I, I don't remember nothing from my childhood, really. I don't. I have a horrible memory. A lot of things have slipped. But I remember that car getting pulled off the side of the road. I remember my mama turning around talking to me, looking at me while dad was driving. I remember telling him, I can't go home this way. And I remember getting out. I didn't pray in the car. I had to get out of the car and get on my knees. Yeah. Yeah. As a seven-year-old boy. Now, I didn't know about dispensationalism. I, I didn't know about how to write with the divine. I didn't know that David wrote most of the Psalms and I didn't know Paul was the preacher to the Gentile, and I didn't know John the Baptist wasn't the reason we're a Baptist. Man. <laughs> Give me a little help right there. I, I didn't know that Thomas had a doubting problem, and I didn't know that Judas was a betrayer, and I, I wasn't real sure that, that hell was created just for the devil and his angel. I, I mean, I didn't know all of that, but I knew one thing, and it was that I was lost, and I was under and I was going to go to hell if I died in my condition.
Verse 16. As for me, I like that as for me business. Joshua 24, 15, as for me in my house. David said, as for me, I'm calling on Lord. Huh? <laughs> in other words, I'll do what you want to. Hey, listen, I need some as for me's today. Some of y'all ain't more concerned about being in church right now than the Pope at the Catholic and at the Vatican. That's probably because you ain't born again. I'm telling you, there's something off to me on the inside. You realize the service didn't start off so great. I'm in the choir, didn't sing a beautiful chorus, and the special singer wasn't to, to Nashville's uh, standards, and not everybody come in in a good mood. And not everything, but I'm here to tell you something this morning. This could be the greatest service you've ever been a part of. This could be the one where you realize that you ain't really got a relationship with Jesus. You don't really know him like you say you do. He don't live on the inside of you. He don't walk with you every day. He don't talk with you every day. You have no desire to read his word. You have no place where you know that you know that you know that you got saved. Listen, friend, hell is going to be your home if you don't repent and call upon the name which is above every name. Amen. There's no other name. The Bible said, there's no other name uh, given among me, under heaven given among me, whereby we must be. It ain't Josh's name. It's not Baptist's name. It's not Stillwater's name. It's not denomination. It's, it's Jesus' name. I've got a message here, but I'm bootlegging. Hell's real, folks. Yes, sir. Hell's real. I I I don't know how many of y'all, I don't know how perverted the man was or wasn't. Some of y'all may have watched and listened to him. If you did, you may need to keep it under your head. I don't know. There was a comedian. I don't know what's his name. Donnie Baker. 52 years old, just died yesterday. He was fixing to do a, a, a tour or a show or whatever you call it. They found him in his motel room. Now they ain't said what it was, but I got a pretty good idea probably what it was. Yeah. Old Donnie was just a redneck, best I can tell. He had plenty of money for being a redneck. I don't think Donnie had travel hard to be funny. He's just a funny man. But something was obviously missing. Yeah. Hollywood actors. All the time, found find them dead because they've overdosed, or they drank themselves into a state they get in a vehicle and wreck. I just read it last night. I got a little thing that popped up on my news thing. Donnie Baker dead at 52. I'm gonna tell y'all something. I don't care how much money Donnie Baker had in the bank account. Are y'all listening to me? I don't care how many fans or followers he had. None of that mattered when his eyes closed in there. Hey, girls, I could give a rip less how popular you are. Y'all listen to me? Elijah, it makes no difference, son, if you turn in to be a big sports star or you don't. None of that matters. I don't care how good a paying job y'all get. Don't matter. I don't care if you marry a good-looking man or an ugly man or a good-looking woman or an ugly woman. 
I could care less if you have a nice home or you live in a rented apartment where roaches crawl up the wall and beds and bugs bite you in the bed. None of that matters. You may have a palace or you may have a box under a bridge. Again, everybody has to face the same thing when they die. And it is appointed unto them once to die. And after this, the judgment. You may think you have forever, but I have stood over the caskets of children. I have stood over the caskets of elderly people. I have watched them die old. I have watched them die young. And it makes no difference to me what your credibility is. He may or may not know you here, but you better know one thing. Before you walk out the back doors of this church this morning, Sunday morning bootleg, but it's feeling right. Hell's real. You know people go to hell sometimes for other people? They really do. People trade eternity for temporal relationships and friendships. Teenagers, I love preaching teenagers. I don't know why God, I wish God would just let me be a youth pastor. So I don't have full this. Because that's why I love, I love teenagers. I love preaching to teenagers way more than looking at all you old fogies that are, I have to preach for two hours just to get you to say amen. I can threaten to punch the boys and they start screaming amen. You know what I'm saying? It works. I love preaching teenagers. Love it. And I preached, uh, I preached two revivals in the last two years just to teenagers. I preached one in the Christian school Monday through Friday. Now I preached last, this past uh, month or so, Brother Mike's. I love preaching teenagers. Can I tell you all something? I know, I know how you all think. I know how you think. Then whatever. And there's teenagers here this morning. You ain't sure. But you're scared to death. Get short. Yeah. 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 Yes. And I'm right. Yes. I'm dead on target. Yes, sir. You don't know, but you're scared to know. I'd be more scared that I didn't know than I would be scared that I could know. But here's what your minds are. I've only got a couple more weeks and then it's going to be boy freaking time. And the devil, I don't know how he works. You can't get saved. You really think you're going to get that cute boy you like last year if you go in saying you're a Christian? He don't want no Christian. Guess what he don't? He wants you to be a tramp. Yes, sir. Mamas and daddies, we talk after church. He wants your daughter to be an impure, sexually immoral tramp. Yes, sir. And he will use and abuse her. And not think two seconds about it. It makes me, th- I want to kill somebody I don't even know right now thinking about it. Yep. Some perverted, nasty boy wants to put his hands on y'all. That's right. And, but you better hear me. If you ain't got God about you, not only will he, you'll let him and you'll like it. Yep. That's right. I 
I proved to the King James Bible. Yeah. Yes, sir. You know what the Bible says about that whore? She is the way to hell. Yeah. That's what it says. Can I tell y'all, all that stuff the devil's flaunting out from you, you ain't going to be popular if you're this Christian. Yeah. I, can I tell y'all, you're looking at somebody that's 30 years old, I've been, I've been out of school now for a, how many years, 12 years, 13, 12 years. Um, I ran with the cool guys, okay? Because I thought that's what you had to do. I was buddies with all of them. Everybody knew me. I was wild and crazy and funny. Everybody liked me. Had no problems. I was pretty, you know, well known. It was, it was, a, good, it was a good thing. Some of y'all don't believe that now, but it's true. Probably. You know how far that got me in life? Matter of fact, most of the more cool buddies I had are in the grave. And that's the God's truth. There have been about three of them blow their brains out. Two or three of them have uh, been drunk, dying, car and other ones have OD. I'm telling you the truth. I count, I count on one hand how many of them is left. That's where that light gets you. Okay? So I want to give you the reality of that's not a permanent thing. That is a flash. Y'all ever go fishing or see fish? You ever, you ever go fish watching? Fish watchers are weird people. So if y'all fish watch, you're weird. But, but you ever go out, say, on a boat on the, on the ocean and you go out to see dolphins and you're looking so hard and then you see something, you see a flash. And then you grab, you get your attention and you start looking and then that thing will come up and then you're looking again, you're looking, you're looking, you're looking and you see a flash. That's what the devil's getting y'all with. Yeah. You can have the whole sea, but you're focused on a flash. Yeah. You know how I many teenagers went to hell over a flash? Oh, yeah. Just a quick moment, just a quick moment of excitement, just a moment of popularity, just a moment to feel loved. Hey, girls, there's no teen. Listen to me, moms and dads, you better amen me or be ashamed of yourself. There's no teenager on the planet that knows how to love you. That's right. There's not one. No, sir. I've been there. Tell it. I've been there. Oh, I do. I love her. I didn't love, I ain't know how I love no woman. I, you don't know. I do love him. No, you don't. And you think I'm crazy now because I know I felt those feelings you feel. But they're flesh. They come and they go. And God can give you something real through your teenage years to save you from walking down the same roads that me and many others have walked down. Chasing the flash. Luckily, I was saved and God spoke to me and I got to come home. But if you're not saved, you're in danger of living your whole life chasing the flash. And you'll, you'll, you'll follow that flash right into the fires of hell. You know what many adult men are doing today? They're still chasing the flash. Oh, oh, it's over there. They, they get over here. Can I tell you, sometimes there, there's, there's what we call like a shad spawn, but sometimes shad will, will come up and, put, and, and, and fish. Bass will push them, and they'll start eating on top. And so, you know, the best way to catch a fish is when it's eating. Yeah. It ain't trying to fight, so you just throw in the middle of them a lot of times, and you'll catch one because it's chasing the flesh. Well, then, if you're like me and Brother Eric, we see a big school come up over here, and I mean, they're chomping. They look like gorillas coming out of the water. Pow, pow, pow. Boom, 
boom, boom, boom. We're like, oh, yeah. And so we get on the boat and we get over to them. And we're fixing to throw in. We said, where'd he go? And we look like where we just was. Kaboom, kaboom, kaboom. And they're constantly following the flash. It's never consistent. And the only thing it does is get them caught. Yeah. You know what kind of bait we use to catch them fish? It's called spoon. Literally, it looks like a spoon. The cup. It's just a little willowed out blade, a cup, and it's got a hole in it. And we throw it through over there with them shatter, flipping. It's flashing. That's all they're looking for is a flash. We'll throw that spoon and it'll sink and we'll rip it up. You know when we rip it up what it does? Flashes. And when it comes back down, we let it fall, it goes. And one of them stupid fish that's looking for a flash will see that piece of metal with a hook that big around on it. But they're so consumed by the flash they don't even think. And we bring them in. That's what the devil's done to a bunch of young people. Yeah, right. And he drug them to hell yeah. with a flash. Yeah. You know what I think the Hithophel had problems with? David was the man. He was flashy, he had it all. Until Absalom started making a dent in his kingship. Absalom was the son of David, and he just all of a sudden started looking a little more flashier. The Lord had fell down, he turned on the man of God. Went with the head to fell. I believe they both are in hell this morning. Do you really think that you can win against Almighty God? You know, people struggling right now with whether they even want to live or die all over the place. I'm going to make a statement right here. It's probably some in this room this morning have contemplated taking your own life this week. Surely not in our church, you'd be surprised. You have had a thought. It would just be better. I want to hear. And if you're lost, you're one bad decision away from hell. If you're lost, you are one breath away. Can everybody do this? Eventually them stop. And we don't know when they stop. But you're that close. Your heart's one. You're one of those. You're lost. You're one away. You're one non-paying attention driver away. I hope to God we never go through this where we live in our small town. On how many kids walked in school over the last 10 years thinking that going to make it home, see mom and daddy, but some crazy psychopath come in and shot them and killed them dead. And they went to hell. Hell's real. I'm telling you this because I, I love you and I care about you. 
راجی یورسلم سر حیال فرید people are there right now people we know are in hell right now I don't want to go I don't want to go what do I do it's real simple there was a man 2,000 years ago who was born of a woman who had never known a man her name was Mary and she had conceived this child but because God the Holy Ghost allowed her to conceive a child and he was born and they called his name Emmanuel being interpreted is God with us he was born in the likeness of the flesh of men for men because men alone but by ourselves could never redeem ourselves and ourselves. So this boy, little baby boy, Jesus grew up and for 33 and a half years he never sinned one time. I was in 1 Corinthians 10. He was tempted in all points just like we are yet he was without sin. They accused him of everything but at the end of the day he was really found guilty of none of it. They called him all kinds of names and the Bible said he didn't open his mouth. They, they accused him falsely and they sold him out but yet he never sinned one time because he was God, the man. And he was God, the son. He was the son of God and he was the son of man. And he lived his perfect life and he died on the cross and the Bible said that he shed every bit of his blood for people just like me and you, for the sins of the whole world. And this is not a make-believe story. It really happened. Right now, if we were to have the money, we could go buy us an airline ticket to Israel. We could get off and they could take us to the tomb where this man once laid, but he's not there anymore. It's a real place. They could take us to the hill called Calvary where he died and his blood was shed. They could take us to the River Jordan where he was baptized with John. They could take us to the Mount of Olives. They could take us to all these places. I mean, it's a real thing. He was a real man. And he died a real death. And then on the third day, he really was on his little Baptist amen. He really was gone. Amen. Amen. Nobody stole him. Listen, truly, somebody stole him. And then guess what? He was seen among 500 men. told him y'all can't touch me because I'm fixing to go to my father. And he really did. Yep. This is a true story, Brother Seth. Yeah. See, the thing about Jesus compared to Muhammad and Buddha is this is real. Yeah. He's alive. Yeah, man. They never got up from the grave. If you were to go to that grave, their bones are still in there. Yeah. But ours is not. <laughs> like I said on Friday night at Bible school, he is not here for he is risen. Right now, there's a real place called heaven where it's fairer than day. Yeah. Yep. Hey, man, there's no more sickness there. There's no more sorrow there. There's no more sin there. It's gone. There's no struggles there. Ain't nobody having to try to figure something out or wait on something to come through. There's no more struggles at all. There's no more sin there. There's no more Satan there. Yeah. It's a land. 
that our minds can't even really comprehend. And it sets above the sun, the moon, stars, and the sky, and it's, it's in that third heaven. But in the heart of this earth, hell's not some spirit wall. Hell is in the earth. It's in the center. It's in the heart of the earth is what the King James Bible says. Beneath, literally beneath our feet. You can look it up and listen for yourself. This is how much this boy's been thinking about hell. My son. He said, Dad, I was told you preached one time about somebody had a microphone or something and heard people in hell screaming. Can you tell me about that? I said, I'll tell you that. It's true, girl. Group of scientists, you know, things that happen in the Now, I'm the dumbest person on the planet, so I don't know science. But they drilled and and you look at that place in Siberia, they drilled down, they dropped microphone, microphone way down in to hear the shifting of the plates. When they got so far down there, they started hearing screams. And it's recorded. It's not made up. It's, it's a real place. You hear me, girls? You hear me, girls and boys? Now, I, I mean, I've preached to the teenagers, young people, adults. You, you understand it? It's a real place. They dropped that down in there and they could hear people screaming and praying in the heart of the earth. Because hell, it's, it's a real place. And they said it bothered them so much that they all withdrew from the project and they all quit their jobs. Can you imagine hearing the cries of the damned? Scared them to death. Hell's real. But just as much as hell is real, the cross of Calvary is real. The Son of God is real. The Word of God is real. Did you all know? This is not just another book. Did you know that this right here was not written by men? Men penned the words, but only as they were inspired by the Holy Ghost. Yeah. It's the Word of God. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God. Not only is this the Word of God, it is God. If you want to know God, this is how you know Him. In His Word. Yeah. And I could take you all throughout the Gospels, and I'm not going to, and I've got a whole message here, and I'm not going to preach it all point by point, but I can tell you that the Bible makes much, much, much mention about hell. And says this goes far to say, you're better off to chop your own hands off. And go through life maimed as you are dying and go to hell. You're better off to pluck your eyes out and be blind yeah. as you are dying and go to hell. Because listen to me right here. I need y'all to listen to me. Hell's forever. Yeah. Amen. There's no bargaining with God. Elijah asked me this. I told you he's been talking to me a lot about hell. He said, Dad. Even if I do go to hell, can I, can I pray and God get me out of this? No, it's not too late. Right. You realize there's more prayers in hell than there are in the churches ever thought about being? Right. But God ain't answering none of them. Too late. Is anybody listening to me this morning? Amen. I know it's different. This ain't my business. You can talk to God about this. There's a whole lot of praying this morning in hell. There's no answers. You ain't getting no, nothing cold to drink in hell. You, you thirst forever. Right. There's no stability. There's no foundation in hell. It's a bottomless pit. You always fall. 
place of outer darkness. They tell me I'm not a firefighter. I have no intentions on being one. That's how I'm forced to be. But they tell me when inside of a fire it is pitch black dark. You would think being in a fire you could see everything. I never understood why they had to have them lights, you know. Because from the outside, when you're looking at a fire, everything's bright. But they tell me on the inside of a fire, it is black as seven midnights. You can't see anything. It's out of darkness. And hell, you'll burn forever and see nothing. There'll be people gnashing and gnawing on you while you gnash and gnaw on yourself because you're in such torment and pain. And again, we're going to go back to why would God, I had a man tell me this out on visitation last week. He said, why would God ever create somebody, a man, to go through such things like that? He said, I don't believe in hell. I said, sir, you're, you're misunderstanding. God didn't create it for you. But you, if you don't choose Him and get saved and live for Him, you're telling God you would rather go there has to live for him and to die and go to heaven where he's at. God didn't make that for you, sir. But that is your punishment if you don't get saved. Because no sin can enter into heaven. The only way your sin can be forgiven is if you're saved. He said, I don't believe it. Brother Shelby, I looked at him in his eyes and I said, Sir, now here's the gospel. This is the preacher God sent to you. And I said, you may not believe it now, but if you don't repent and get right with God, you will believe it before it's over And all I can do, Brother Seth, pray that that man's eyes will open and the Holy Ghost will open his heart. But listen to me. I had a list. I, I actually, let me see if I can find it right here. I want to read you some remarks, if I've got them, that some people, famous people have said. George Clooney said this. How many of y'all know good old George? George Clooney said, I don't believe in heaven or hell. I don't even know if I believe in God. He said, all I know is that as an individual, I will not allow this life, the only thing I know to actually exist, to be wasted. In other words, I can see life now, and so I am not willing to suffer in this life and give up the cares and the pleasures of this life for a life that I don't know exists. But can I say it does exist because God said that it exists. Jerry Springer just died. One of the most open perverts has probably ever walked the planet. He said this, I hope hell isn't that hot because I burn easy. I'm very light complected. That kind of worries me. William Shakespeare said hell is empty and all the devils are here. But he's wrong. One lady said, Stephanie Meyer, whoever it is, said, I decided if I'm going to hell, I might as well do it thoroughly. Now listen to me. But Chris, you just go ahead and make your way. I'm done. You better listen to me this morning. There will be no joking. Nobody listen. There will be no joking in hell. Hey, kids, listen to me.
you realize how rotten you are, that you deserve hell, it's time to get serious about it. I pray for Elijah every day. I don't want him to ever do anything because Daddy has pressured him to do it. But I want the Holy Ghost to break his heart. And show him he's the one that put Jesus on that cross. Hey girls, teenagers, I don't care how good you think you may or may not be, it was you and your sin. It was me and my sin that put Jesus on that cross. We done it. And I'm going to say something that might hurt your feelings. You and me deserve hell. We deserve it. You listen to me? Because we're sinners. We disobey our parents. You listen to me, Timmy? Oh, I know I'm getting personal. I mean, I'm my own workers doing it. We disobey our parents. We look at things we shouldn't look at. We talk ways we shouldn't talk. We try things we shouldn't try. We think thoughts we shouldn't think. We go places we shouldn't go. We befriend people we should not befriend. We are interested in things that are ungodly. We are sinners. Bible says this for all. You say, am I the only one? Nope. Everybody in the room is just like you. Go your, I know you're a sinner because you're not Jesus. He's the only man that ever lived on the planet that was not a sinner. And it's our sin nature that sends us to hell. But it's also the choice that we make to reject Jesus Christ. So being saved really is this thing. When I told you I'm not an easy believism. The Lord ain't there with you, you can't be saved. I really believe that. I know it's now is the second time, the whole today's day is outrageous. I get all that. But you've got to realize what it means, what it takes, and why you have to be saved. And you can't know that, according to that Bible, unless God shows it to you. So it takes God to make that real, not just a thought, but to real in your heart. So, so let me ask you something. Do you, do you realize when they nailed him to that cross? I want you to go with me in your mind to the image, whatever image it is that you see of Jesus. This was a real man and they, they hung him over a beaten post and they took the cat and tails and they beat him. And they ripped his flesh open. They ripped his back open. They spit all over him. They cussed him. They kicked him. They mocked him. And all he was doing was trying to save the sins of the world. He would be so weak and so tired, and he would get up and they would grab him by his beard and pull him out, smack him across the face. You know why he done that? So you would have to go to hell. And it got to the point they took a crown of uh, a crown of thorns, thorns probably that long, and drove it down into his brow. The blood poured down his face. He carried cross up a hill called Calvary. And there was two thieves there, two malefactors, one on the left hand, one on the right. And the one made fun of him just like everybody else. He said, hey, if you're so big and mad, if you're really the son of God, won't you save yourself and us? And the other one looked at him and said, Lord, 
If you would, please remember me. One of them got to go to heaven from Calvary, and one of them went to hell. And I believe if a man can go to hell from Calvary, he can go to hell from a church service. But I'd rather be that one that says, Lord, remember me. I don't want to go to hell. Remember me, Lord, please remember me. He said, Today, thou shalt be with me. The Bible said they beat him and they mocked him and they tortured him. They nailed him to that old cross. He hung there naked. Gasped for air. As his body was stretched to the limit, to the max. They'd walk by him and they'd spit up on him at that cross. And they'd say, oh, I thought you was the son of God. Won't you come down and save yourself? They'd laugh and mock him with scorn. But the Bible said he opened all his mouth. Finally, he decided to say something. He's hanging on that old bloody cross. Could you hear me on his mouth? And he looked at all the old mean Roman soldiers that were sick and twisted. John the Beloved. Sing his mama there. But God, he said, Woman, behold thy son. Son, behold thy mother. In other words, I'm fixing to check out of here. John, take care of my mama. Unrecognizable. 
They carried him to an old ball tomb. They laid him in there. No pilot told him, said, hey boys, 